Upper Cup Podcast. We are back. We got all the boys back in the building. Should be a fucking great weekend. You guys got any uh, picks for Super Bowl? Super Bowl picks? Um, I'm honestly hoping the Eagles don't win, so I don't have to hear these annoying ass Eagles fans again. But <laughs> go Birds! <laughs> go Birds! Yeah. Max, you got got a good pick. Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs. I I mean, well, I'm not picking them, but I'm betting them because uh, getting Chiefs at plus money, I mean, that's always a good bet, I guess. I don't know, and I don't like Philly. That's about it. Are they like plus plus, or are they like a pick 'em? It's like one hundred five, so it's a little a little bit of a pick 'em. Mm. Well, I I think still I actually, think I think actually I got them at plus one fifteen. I don't think they could have put a better card on Super Bowl weekend, to be honest. Fucking back-to-back great days. I know. And then, like, NBA trade deadline goes into UFC 284, goes into Super Bowl. It's fucking... Max, we get to see the playoff-bound Lakers at the same time okay. as the 284. All right, let's get, to the, let's get to the fighting. We don't need to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to go over, obviously, we're going to go into the card. We'll go over Hammy Sosa's lock of the night, which I think is coming off the top of the dome tonight, which I'm really excited for. Max is going to announce his uh, prelim pick of the night, which should be – Max, I think you've been about 100%. I think every fight you've picked has been a fucking banger. I appreciate that, Mike. I really do. Yeah, no problem. Then I'm going to sneak in my night quote fight of the night, and then Max is going to go over the fights at the end. So first fight on the card we're going to talk about is Loma Luke, Luke Boonmi. Taking on Elise Reed. Something I found really interesting is that Loma is the first Thai born and raised UFC fighter. How the fuck could that be if Tiger Muay Thai is in Thailand? I mean, I know because they fight in other promotions and shit. Yeah, literally. But that's still insane. Like, only one? Yeah, Dude, they only never... really fight in fucking Muay Thai promotions and shit. Right. Usually making that jumps weird. True. Do you remember um, Demetrius Johnson was on the Rogan podcast and he was, exp- I think it was him. He was explaining why Thai fighters don't do well over in the UFC. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think that has a part of some like the stylistically. Um, I've been watching a lot of Muay Thai, actually. I, I, was, I was watching one. Um, they have like the YouTube clip of like one Friday night fights. And let me fucking tell you, dude, I really like the Muay Thai culture. That shit's crazy. Dude, dude, Rotang's got a fight book now. I, dude, that's a motherfucker to watch. Dude, what's he at? Like 220 fights or something? Yeah, they all it's have like... ridiculous fucking amount of fights. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Loma, now that we're talking about her, I'm pretty sure she had 200 before coming into UFC. Oh. And she's oh. 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> she had 200 Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah, dude, I don't know if they fight every fucking Monday, Tuesday through fucking Friday. <laughs> but, dude, it's ridiculous. Dude, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, it's almost like a fucking volunteer thing. Like, they just call up whoever wants to fight yeah. on any given night. Yeah. Well, but, uh, that being said, I fucking love Loma, and I'm picking her in this one. I'm real. I'm a big fan of her. I, I'll, like, admittedly, I don't know a ton about Elise Reed. I know she's, you know, um, she has had, like, an up-and-down career so far, but and she has a little bit of a reach and height advantage. But I, I really like Loma. Like I, I, I really enjoy her fights. Um, I think we've talked about her before on the podcast. And yeah, I, I just think she has a lot more experience. I know their record, they're only two she only has two more fights technically, but I mean in the Muay Thai area of things, like like we mentioned, she's got a lot more fights and she can she's really good at using that Muay Thai in the UFC um with these like punishing kicks that 
as few get talked to us about, they just, instead of like touching you, they cut you. Um, and she uses those really good clinch elbows and stuff. I'm, a, I'm, I'm taking Loma here. Yeah, I'm riding that 100% too. My big thing I took away is that at least Reed likes to lean towards her wrestling. And it's not the best on the planet. And her striking definitely isn't the best on the planet. And Loma's takedown defense is pretty decent. I think a lot of Muay Thai fighters are pretty decent takedown defense. Obviously not so much on the offensive end, but the defensive. And if this stays on the ground, I don't even think it should be close. I mean, I don't. I'm seeing a pretty easy 30-27 decision win here. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I'm rocking out with Loma as well. All right. Yeah. Sweep on the first pick. All right, let's roll right into the next one. Our fucking boy, one of the best guests we've had on the podcast yet, Don Shanus taking on, I mean, Jack Jenkins might be up there with uh, old Della Maddalena as one of the most hyped prospects right now, too. He's really hyped up. But – I got to say, I think our boy Don's going to take it. Me and uh, Max were talking about it a little bit with Fugit yesterday, how, like, they feed – sometimes they make a mistake feeding these guys to the vets. They feed these young prospects to vets, hoping they can fucking just use them as stepping stools, and it doesn't always work in their favor. And one thing about Don, he is no fucking stepping stool. Those Northeastern motherfuckers, dude, he's a nut. Tough as nails. He'll stand there and bang. He does not give a fuck about any of that bullshit going on outside of the fight. I mean, I I don't know. I, I guess I can kind of see why he's an underdog, but I still expect this to be a super close fight. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm definitely rocking out with the boy Don Shameless. I mean, after that Adam Fugit fight, I, I it's like such parallel situations here, dude. I have to take him. Yeah, I mean, fucking lock it up. Um, like we, the fight that we're alluding to is they fed Don Shanus on short notice to Sodiq Youssef, who obviously a fucking killer in his own right. And, uh, and then Fugate got fed to, um, uh, Michael Morales, who's 14 to know is a fucking monster. If you want to hear more about that, check out our last episode where we interviewed Adam Fugate about that or check out our episode with, um, Don Shanus where we interviewed him about talking to, um, or about fighting Youssef, like. Same kind of situ- situation, both on short notice, both fed to guys that are really, really strong uh, fighters. And I think they're getting underrated here. Um, this is going to be, a, I think it's a bigger test for Shanus just because I know Kinoshita was pretty hyped, but this was in the apex. Um, this one's going to be in a wild Australia environment. And Jack Jenkins is from Australia. That being said, we don't fade the boys. So fucking throw on Don Shanus, lock that shit up. Yeah, and Don's got that fucking, like, is that all you got? Like, mentality, yeah. which just makes him fucking, at least at bare minimum, if you're not going to bet on this fight, definitely give it a watch. Oh, it's yeah. Be a great one. Mike, is this NyQuil fight of the night, you think? Nah, I got I got one more in mind. I wanted of- to make it this one, but yeah, uh, it d- didn't make didn't quite make the cut. That's fair. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, there is. A lot of possibilities. So the next one we're going to hop into is uh, Jamie Malarkey taking on Francisco Prado. This is an interesting, pretty interesting one because we have Jamie Malarkey. He has a four-inch height advantage, three-inch reach advantage, and far more experience, plus not to mention he's fighting in his home country of Australia. But Prado, unlike other prospects we've talked about on the podcast, he's ran through his regional competition, and he's ran through some tough motherfuckers in his regional competition. He's beaten a 13-3 and guy, 6-0 and guy, and an 8-2 and guy. Like I feel like most of the time we bring this up, it's kind of like, Oh, we don't know because he hasn't fought in the UFC yet, and these guys could be like cans. 
I don't think the guys any not to mention he's 20. So he had to have beaten some of these guys when he was 19 or 18. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's definitely not fighting cans. I mean, he's got what it takes to be a top guy. Can he beat Jamie Malarkey in his debut in Australia? I don't think so. I'm going to take Jamie Malarkey just because the odds are stacked against him. But that hasn't fared the best <laughs> with our picks as of late. So, uh, Jeff, who are you riding with on this one? Yeah, I think I got to rock with the boy Jamie Malarkey. I mean, he he's just put up two tough of fights against some tough fighters recently for me. I mean, Michael Johnson, he got that tough win over. Jalen Turner, he, he gave a little, little tough, little, little back and forth before he went down. But he definitely gave him a little back and forth. But God, this motherfucker, Prado is so scary, dude. Yeah, he's nasty for a fucking prospect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he might be a fucking Mike Trout-esque prospect if he fucking gets this one done. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair what do you um, think max i'm i'm riding with jamie malarkey as well uh to me number one this is my prelim pick of the night um in terms of you have to watch this prelim fight it's gonna be fucking awesome i mean we're talking about um jamie malarkey coming in making his hometown debut he's a really hyped prospect although he's only 50 although he's 15 and 5 he's still a prospect and i like him a lot he's really shown a lot in his last couple of fights and then he's fighting against Francisco Prado, who's obviously 11-0, and 0, um, making his debut. Obviously, fading the debutees has not gone well for us before. But, I mean, I really like Jamie Malarkey. He's one of the one of the fighters I like the most, honestly. And, um, yeah, I think this fight's going to be fucking awesome. Like, whenever you see a guy trying to keep the unbeaten streak going, as Prado is, they put it all out on the line and then... Malarkey's going to be in his hometown trying to prove what his worth here. Um, I expect this to be a fucking all-out brawl, but give me Malarkey. Oh, for fuck's sakes, boys. The only thing I was really hoping, I hope by this point on the card the seats are packed because that is so disappointing yeah. when they're not packed this early. Because if they're packed, that there's a whole other intangible into it. I agree. This is just one where the intangibles, they weigh out more of what I think of Prado. Like the age, the experience, the hometown, it all just outweighs it for me. So, clean sweep on Malarkey, too. Yeah. The next one we're going to roll into is uh, Tyson Pedro taking on Madassas Bukowskis. Tyson Pedro comes in at 9-3, and three and Bukowskis comes in at 13-5. and five. Neither of these guys really had a reach, height, or weight advantage, which is really strange. Bukowskis is a Lithuanian kickboxer. with a. He's got a – he's a little sharper than Pedro. Doesn't really have the knockout power that Pedro has. He had a pretty rough first run in the UFC. He uh, went out with three straight losses. Pedro, on the other hand, has got more of the knockout power. He likes to mix in the body and low kicks, which he's really been fucking people up with lately. He's just a really exciting guy to watch. Uh, this was actually going to be my night quilt fight of the night. I have a feeling someone's going to hit the mat here. It's going to be as good as ever. What do you think, Max? Yeah, I, I, um, I hate that we're probably going to be all in alignment until towards the end here, but I, I like Tyson Pedro in this one. I know Bukowskis is a little bit more, um, you know, he, he's fought more. He has 18 fights. Pedro has only 12. Um, but, I mean, I rewatched the Henry Hunsucker fight. I mean, it was only a minute long. And I rewatched the Villanueva fight. Both of those were stopped in round one. Um, 
by and for Tyson Pedro with two KOs. I mean, he's really talented at knocking people out <laughs> for lack of a better way of like, yeah. explaining it. And Bukowskis, like you said, he's got these like touching it's weird to say it, but like touching kicks, I guess, because he is a kickboxer and you wouldn't expect it to be touching. But I don't know. Um, he's just is he just yeah, he's just coming back from Cage Warriors. He was in the UFC, he mm-hmm. lost to Khalil Roundtree Jr., Mike Miho Alexichuk, and um Jimmy Crute, who's also on this card. Um, yeah, I, I just I watched him get KO'd by Jimmy Crute, and I watched him get KO'd by Khalil Roundtree Jr. Jr. I just see that he's open to get not getting knocked out and Tyson Pedro knocks people out. So um, I'm taking Tyson Pedro here. Well, well, the Khalil one was him getting his fucking leg completely fucking obliterated. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's one thing I'm really scared about here for old. What's this? God, dude, these names fuck me up so much. Bukowskis. Yeah, go. but that's Bukowskis. Yeah, dude, it, dude, I was just looking at that like a fucking dingleberry. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's what's really got me scared is that leg in the stand-up battle against Tyson Pedro. I mean, he's got two decent knockouts in Cage Warriors since fucking then, but ah, it's going to be a tough one against Tyson Pedro, the fucking Islander in fucking Australia. Yeah, and uh, I, I really doubled down on this one too because – Quick little fun fact about this one. Uh, Bukowski's f- of his five losses, three have came by knockout, and they've all been under around the half. Of the last – of Pager's last five wins, all have came by finish and all within the first round. So I'm anticipating this NyQuil fight of the night's going to hit, I hope at least. You know what? Let me double up on that, Mike. Oh, boy. Dude. Give me Tyson Pedro by knockout, Tammy Sosa's lock of the all right. Hold on, let me write that in there. That's a that's a crazy pick. All right, what's the next fight? Does it is does the lock of the night have to lay the prop? Do you have to lay the prop? It has to be by knockout. Oh yeah, he's gonna knock him the fuck out. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, fuck you, yeah. You cannot lay the prop if you don't like money. You fucking stink. <laughs> and speak of that, let's take a little break real quick. Speaking of the money thing, our verdict. Still in our bio. It's still linked. It's completely free. It's really yeah. fun for big cards like this. Yes. You just there's, there's you pick one. a fighter, pick the method. It's free. As yeah. long as we get 10 to 20 people, we'll put in a little pot. It's easy yeah. to join. Verdict MMA. It's a free app. Completely there's free. One, one person who's joined so far, and it's like a professional picking service. So that's great. He's like a... He's like a yellow belt in the app. So that's if you have the app, you know, that's really so we have us three in a bot. Yeah. yeah tell them I'm on that ad. The name is like MMA. <laughs> Wait, what? I'll look it up while you guys are talking, but it's ridiculous. You have to join. You got to like free money. Yes. Yeah, so uh, after that little break, let's roll into the next one, boys. And uh, we got Jimmy Crute taking on Alonzo Menafield. Alonzo Menafield's 13 and three. He's coming in at two inches shorter than Jimmy Crute, but he has a two inch reach advantage, which is always weird. Jimmy Crute's coming in at 12 and 3. And I actually really wanted to hear, Jeff, which your take was on this fight first. Um, honestly, my take is I was fucking. I was a hair away from taking fucking Alonzo Menafield as the hammy, so it's the lock of the night, honestly. <laughs> Dude, 
Jimmy Crew, he's just off of too bad of a knockout. I mean, I feel like he's really one-dimensional. That one dimension's fucking phenomenal. His grappling's fucking great, but dude, he's just so slow on the feet, dude. He looks so big and oofy when he's standing. And I, I <laughs> after watching Alonzo Minifield fucking delete fucking fake fights and then another <laughs> guy, yeah, <laughs> give me fucking <laughs> give me Alonzo Minifield. God damn it, dude! This is where I thought we were gonna part ways, but it's not. I'm taking Alonzo Menfield. If you guys want to fucking fuck, uh, I am too. God damn it! <laughs> we did not talk about this beforehand at all. Um, if you guys like have um, I don't know, a reason to throw up. Maybe you drank too much or something, and you're looking for a good way to fucking throw up. Go watch a Al- um Jimmy Crute versus Anthony Smith. Watch him get knee ki- leg kicked in the knee. And then fucking proceed to try and walk on his bare, his knee that's just not working and completely folding his leg underneath him. And it looks like he breaks his leg fucking probably 85 separate times. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, I saw that happen and I was like, all right, well, that's against old Lionheart. Maybe he'll, you know, show up against Jamal Hill. No, he got fucking, like Jeff said, completely deleted by Jamal Hill. Um, yeah, not looking great for Jimmy Crute. Um, he's, he's been out for a while. I, uh, I think he actually gets knocked out by Alonzo Menfield here. I honestly, Adam, if you get talked about visions and manifesting, I'm not making fun of that. I just weirdly, when I think about this fight, I have a vision of Alonzo Menfield doing a spinning, like back kick into fucking Jimmy Crute, knocking him out. I don't know why. (laughs) All right. I don't know all about that. I'm fucking more (laughs) thinking overhand, right? But yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking too, dude. Because fucking Alonzo Menafield is built like a brick shit house, dude. <laughs> he, is, dude, he's fucking yoked. He's like fucking if, huge. Like he probably is just gifted genetically, but he might burn through a fucking cup too. And he's just one of them guys who's just looked better the later in his career. He's been knocking motherfuckers out. He looks like Uberim, like you guys were mentioning. Jimmy Crute just he just hasn't looked good at all. Like, he's probably a good fighter. He just hasn't looked good in my eyes whatsoever. So, I'm going to round out the pick with Alonzo Menafield. All right, let's roll into the next one. We got Justin Taffa taking on Parker Porter. I got to say, boys, this is one of the ones where I don't like all the hype on Taffa coming in whatsoever. God fucking I really like the underdog in this one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Are you going to roll a 42? Yeah, I am. I'm a, I rewatched the fights. This is fucking nuts. Um, Well, sorry to cut you off, but I mean – just a little little wink, wink. Um, Parker Porter will be coming on after this fight, so we can talk to him about that. Um, I rewatched everything, and to me, Justin Toffa is pretty one-dimensional. And he, he um, I don't know, Parker Porter has a better takedown defense. He has, or take not takedown defense, He's he has more takedowns and submission attempts. And I don't know, I, I see him having more ways of hurting um, Toffa and he's got more experience. Porter has 20 fights. Tafa has eight. Um, they're the same height, about two different, about two inches apart. Porter has one inch reach advantage and significant strikes landed per minute, 6.49 at a 54% rate for Porter. And for Tafa, it's 5.02 at a 59% rate. And then takedown zero through the board for Tafa. For Porter, 1.45 takedown average at 28.57%. Uh, uh, takedown accuracy and then 0.48 submission. So it's not like he's a, a god on the ground, but I mean, he's 
he's definitely not a slouch. Um, yeah, I, I think in a fight between two guys that are pretty comparable, um, take the guy that has more ways of hurting you, and I think that's Parker Porter. And he's going to yeah. be a cut alum, so we can't bet against that. I agree a million percent. And I think Tafa, like, this is no shade third towards him because this is saying a lot still. But I think he's kind of just like a B-grade Derek Lewis or Tui Vasa style almost. Like, if he's not fucking hitting you and sending you to the next dimension, like you were saying, he's pretty one-dimensional outside of that. And Parker Porter's volume is something else for the heavyweight. He throws so fucking much. So, yeah, I like the volume and the more ways to hurt you. I'm going to pick that too. Jeff, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, this one's going to be a real hard one for me to pick. You got a soft spot for these guys. Yeah, dude. I I, I might have to break the chain, boys. That's okay. Finally. Sorry, I have to go against our alum. I would have thought this would have been your pick because you have a soft spot for like Tui Ross and Lewis. It's a a fucking – it's a toss-up, and I'm just going with the hometown, dude. Dude, this one's just – Splitting hairs a little too much for me, and I'm going with the home country swanger. There you go. Uh, that that's just the only way I could go with it. Right, we that's needed funny. a little change up, anyways. It was getting a little fucking redundant. We <laughs> picking the same <laughs> shit. So, Jeff, I like the pick. Yeah, Our given world... given that I now fucking am the one who changed this up, I would probably be the one that fucking chits the bed. <laughs> Showing well, good we'll... confidence for the people there, right? Okay, well, let's roll right into the next one. We got probably the hottest prospect on earth. I would say now that Hamza and Patty and them aren't really considered prospects anymore, Jack Della Madalena is probably the hottest prospect out right now. I I, I don't even know who would be a close second. I guess Rojas. But oh, Bo Nickel. He, yeah, I was going to say maybe Bo Nickel, but neither of them have the fights to show for it yet. So we got Jack Della Madalena coming in, home country, taking on Randy Brown. I really Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, I think Della Madalena might be a little overpriced here as a favorite. Oh yeah, no doubt. I, I, I was hoping you guys would agree because I'm like, am I overthinking this? So he has a five inch reach disadvantage, a five inch height disadvantage, and I mean his fighting style is up close and personal. Randy Brown keeps it at a distance. I don't. I mean, I think Della Madalena will find a way to win with this crowd. You know, it's his first main of, uh, fight on a main card, but I think it could be a lot closer than we think. What do you think, Max? Dude, I've been sitting here trying to figure out this fucking fight, <laughs> and it's weird because, like you said, five-inch reach, five-inch height, uh, just difference. These guys are complete opposites in terms of how they like to fight. You already explained that. Uh, Della Madalena likes to keep it close, which is because he's short and – has smaller arms. Brown likes to keep it at a distance because he's tall and has longer arms. Like, what do you do when both guys' game plans is the complete opposite of each other? <laughs> like, I don't know. It makes don't know it like impossible to pick. I know. I I honestly think we should be we should we can get away with just not picking this fight and just highlighting it because I I have not been able to figure out a pick for it. Jeff, let's hear it because I know you got a pick. Yeah, that being said, I'm rocking out with Jack Della Madalena. Jack Della Madalena. <laughs> I, dude, I can't go against him, man. He's fucking, he's a shooting star. What can I say, man? But if Rudy, I, if Randy fucking rude boy fucking Brown gets this one done, I might be talking like Chet Hanks for fucking rest of these episodes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I might be fucking 
hot on the Rudy. I, I keep calling him fucking Rudy. The fucking Randy fucking Rudy boy fucking brown fucking train, uh, dude. Fucking white boy summer's coming up, my boy too. Jack Della Madalena, dude. Jack Della Madalena. No, I have no fucking option but to jump shit. I, I want to think he's going to roll it. That f- I know they use isn't it like four inches what they say when it really makes a difference for reach? Five is long. Jesus Christ, five is long. Don't let Dude, anyone that... fucking tell you any different. Five is fucking long. But Jack Delo Madalina in the fucking <laughs> in Australia in Perth? Are you kidding me? In fucking Perth? I, in I Peth? agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jack Delo Madalina too. He has looked miles and steps ahead of his opponents up to this point i think all of his fights are knockouts in the first round all three since the contender series and he i mean he doesn't miss a fucking beat i'm gonna roll with him too in australia but i, I don't feel very confident about that fuck it give me jack della madalena and fucking path i want to do it <laughs> round out to aussie all right let's hop yeah. into this interim interim feather week so i'm really excited to hear what you guys have to say about this one so we got right yair rodriguez coming in to take on Josh Emmett for the interim title. I really, really, really feel very confident in Yair heading into this one. He comes in with a four-inch height advantage and reach advantage. He's for sure, by far, way more in his prime years than Emmett. And I think the thing about Yair that really sticks out against Emmett is his way, like kind of like how you're alluding to with Parker Porter, but obviously not on the same scale. His way to mix up his striking against Emmett, I think, is going to cause Emmett so many fucking problems. I mean, Emmett's an immensely exciting guy to watch. He brings it every fight. His fight versus Calvin Cater might go down as a top tenner of all time. It's a fucking amazing fight to watch. But I don't think I'd be super surprised if this ends up as like a, like how we were talking about Roman Kapilov and Punahele Soriano. Where you're like, ah, oh, maybe Emmett can get him at some point, but I just think Yair is going to look a step ahead of him the whole fight. I think the kicks are really going to fuck him up bad. I, I don't have much confidence with Emmett headed in this one. What do you think, Jeff? See, I have the same pick as you, but like total opposite, like force thought of what's going to happen. I feel like Emmett might put it on Yair like the whole time. Dude, I mean, I might have been watching the Chan Sung Jung fucking Yair fucking clip a little too much, but dude, I feel like Yair is gonna pull some fucking mentally challenged shit out of his fucking back pocket and get a fucking knockout, dude. Some Shane Gillis shit. All right, all right. Um, I'm also taking Yair fuck boys, but I mean, like, I I don't know how you can you watch the Brian Ortega fight. In the uh, Max Holloway fight, and then don't take uh, Yair. I mean, like the way that that Holloway fight is one of my favorite fights I've seen in a while. It's a great like, one. It's so fucking great. The amount of uh, diversity in both guys' like shots and what they're throwing. And I know he lost via unanimous decision, but Yair was weathering that storm pretty fine. Like I didn't think it was a. It could have been closer to split than anything. Um, and yeah, like I mean. He's going to be weathered. He weathered a lot of shots from Holloway that are very diverse. That's going to be more than what uh, Emmett's going to be throwing at him. I think Holloway, I know Emmett is a, an elite boxer and he probably throws harder than Holloway, Holloway, but I mean, Holloway throws very fucking hard as well. And if you're able to weather the Holloway storm and the just 
straight variety of punches and strikes from everywhere. And not to mention the um, just the amount of strikes that are being thrown at you and still bring it to decision. I'm going to like uh, I, I'm going to take you because I just think he can get it done against uh, Emmett in that situation. Yeah, here's my dog shit UFC math, too. Like, it's almost like that gif, you know, where the lady's staring in the space and there's fucking equations yeah. going on, like no one's home. So, like you just mentioned, Emmett could have lost his decision to Cater. Holloway puts on a clinic against Cater, and Yair did some good damage to Holloway. So that was my shitty equation I did in my head to really solidify my pick. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's take a quick break and then discuss Volk versus Islam. All right, our main event of the evening, highly anticipated. We got Alexander, the motherfucking great Volkanovski, pound for pound, number one fighter on earth, taking on, which could be debated after a couple more wins, maybe the number two pound for pound. I thought you were turning into Dana right there. I thought you just (laughs) forgot his name. (laughs) Dude, I think he's not choosing to say his name. Taking on this guy. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. fucking dick. I think he's just choosing <laughs> not to say his name. He's lucky he doesn't get fucking body slammed. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you guys a question real quick before we dive into this one. If Volk wins, where does this place him on the all-time fighters list? Like who ahead of, who behind, number, really any any answer works. Dude, that is a hard one. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think, does it break him into the top five automatically? Dude, it, like you got Mighty damn. Mouse, John Jones, GSP. <laughs> he might be right there. Dude, to have this big of a fucking crazy upset in a fucking pound <laughs> for pound versus number two to get the double champ. Dude, Max doing like fucking whippets in the I just saw this picture. I just saw this picture on Twitter. <laughs> it's making me laugh. <laughs> What the fuck? A funny ass picture, dude. <laughs> but, but yeah, what were you gonna but, say, Jeff? Where's he? Yeah, like? Volk, Volk a big underdog, fucking <laughs> taking on number two, which is something that's like unprecedented. Fucking going for belt number two, dude. I think he's got to break the top five if he gets this one done. He's taking on the prodigy more. of the greatest ever. I mean. I, I think you got to. I couldn't you agree more. Him. And one more quick question: Do you think Habib not being in his corner is going to change anything, or nothing at all? I think it will. I think it will too. I think it's going to throw some distraction into it. What yeah. you call it? Volk is tough to submit, and I, you, I don't know. He's got short. I feel like the like Dan Hooker fight really Who, highlighted Volk? it. Yeah. Volk's actually got oddly long limbs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Weird. But he's got no neck. Right, actually. Yeah, no neck. neck. Yeah. Absolutely no neck. But yeah, what'd his you arms call are like as long he, as Actually, you might head. be right. He might have short legs. I feel he's like got he, long arms. He'd be tough to submit, though. It's And like we saw in the Dan Hooker fight, Khabib's so perfect at just like detailing exactly what you like. What? Yeah. Put your foot behind it, behind oh, your head, yeah. brother. Arm in there, brother. That's yeah, it. brother. Yes, brother. You got these. Pull, pull. But, yeah. Yeah. So, I I feel like that really might fucking might make an impact here when it gets down to the nitty gritty and he's trying to submit that fucking Australian meatball. <laughs> 
Yeah, one of the things that's really was hard for me to pick too is I'm like toting this line where we haven't seen any Islam's weaknesses really, but I'm like, is it because he's so dominant or is it because he hasn't fought anyone as good as, say, Volk or maybe even because he skipped over like Chandler and Poirier and all that? Like, is he that good where he doesn't have any weaknesses or has he not fought someone to show a weakness? That's where I'm immensely fucking confused at. Uh, yeah, because I, f- I feel like we're giving him, like, we're giving the Khabib rub too much to him. Yeah, like, like I mean, these guys are tough, but he beat Dober. He beat Bobby. Like, I don't They're not elite. I know that. Yeah, they're not fucking 50 45ing fucking Max Holloway. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck no. Max, which way are you leaning on this one? Oh, Volk all the way. I mean, if Adam Fugit, a fucking professional UFC fighter, is also leaning Volk, I mean, he knows more about fighting than we all do combined. Like, and he's leading Volk. He's leaning Volk. And I mean, I know this isn't like a good metric, but Islam has been saying that he wants to stand and bang with Volk, which is a horrible fucking idea. <laughs> so, I mean, if that does happen, which obviously a lot of fighters say a lot of shit, then go in there and not do it. I oftentimes think that like maybe they put that out there just to, I don't know, maybe get Volk to think a certain way. Not that he's probably, he's probably not on Instagram right now looking at anything. He's probably locked in, but maybe on the off chance that he's on social media, he sees that and he's like, Oh, well, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think they sometimes put out some fake shit, but anyways, if he does end up fucking standing and banging with Volk, that is an awful idea. But I mean, I'm not picking against Volk. He's one of the, he's the best. I'm trying to think of like who I've actually sat down and, Cause Bones was a little bit before me, like before I actually sat down and was really into the UFC. I know you guys were around for him. I just was not as invested into the UFC at that time. And I'm trying to think of who's like the most dominant fighter I've ever really seen. I think it has to be Volk for me personally. Habib is up there as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, if it's not, I know Islam's supposed to be the second coming of Habib, but Habib's not in that corner. Um, I think that is going to be a big part because I know we're joking about it, but he actually does give you real game time adjustments that are exponentially helpful. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm taking Volk here. I know it's we're all I know I know we're probably getting sucked into it and he's going to lose or whatever, but I, I I hope that doesn't happen. I'm riding Volk. I really hope he surprises me because one of my biggest things about this fight though it's it's hard for me to envision Volk's path to victory. It's like I don't. Because I don't think it goes a distance, and I don't, I don't think Volk's got that punch. I don't know if he's going to put him down. He could TKO him, I guess, would be his path to victory in my head. But that's just hard for me to see. Oh, Jeff, I, what do you think? Sorry, if I see Islam knock out Volk, dude, I I'm going to need like a week off from the sport. I think. Yeah, Jeff's <laughs> eyes shot up like you're like you had something hidden. You're about to say. But yeah, I. I... Like you said, I just it's hard to see a path to victory for Volk, but this is exactly how I felt going into the last highway fight. I was like, damn, he might have lost that decision before this. And Holloway's just so much better on the feet. And I, I don't know if Volk's really going to take him down to shit. And then he absolutely schooled the best boxer in the fucking UFC. So, dude, I'm not doubting him. He's fucking. Dude, I don't care what you say. Till till he till he proves me otherwise, that fucking meat wad is unsubmittable. 
Yeah, and he's this one of the most enjoyable chants. In the ass. This clip is going to bite me in the ass, but, <laughs> dude, fuck it. Give me it. I don't even think Islam's going to win by fucking submission. So, I mean, I only see one path to, path to victory for him, and it's going to be a difficult one fucking submitting Meatwad. So. And not to mention, he fucking defied science. Did you guys see that? He lasted, like, five seconds longer than, like, an average person could last in Ortega's choke. Like, he should have been unconscious, like, five seconds before that. Like, I guess that's how long his arteries were cut off. Yeah, I, I mean, he's defying science. He's looked absolutely dominant. I'm also going to round out the pickle, folk. Yeah, let's lock it up. I mean, I'm ooh, I'm nervous. I'm like, uh, I just don't want him to, if I wanted to, I want it to be, like, an all-out fucking war that he loses. I don't want it to be some fucking cheesy, like, submission quick. You yeah, know? quick fucking, dude, you're telling me. Dude, yeah, you know what I just had to experience at 3 a.m. last weekend? Dude, <laughs> I... <laughs> Yo. dude I might be off the fucking Chesapeake if this shit happens, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's, hope, let's hope that Parker Porter gets it done also. So we, And hopefully he does it quickly, so he'll be on quicker, you know? He won't need a lot of time to recuperate before he gets on here, the boys. Yeah, and, and I just think Volk, I would think we would all agree on this. He's been one of the most likable and probably one of everyone's favorite champion of recent memory. Not that he's going to lose yeah. his belt because it's and obviously honestly, not for his. Dude, but It's such a crime that fucking Dana, Dana's fucking promo. I mean, I know it's kind of been beaten to the fucking ground at this point, but Dana's promo of this shit is like, it's terrible. This dude, the fucking posters? Dude, Volk should be on Good Morning America every morning this week. Dude, <laughs> he should be making fucking Taki Chicken with fucking... I don't even know who's on there anymore who's not canceled, but... Yeah, he should be making Taki Chicken with someone on there. Dude, and them fucking idiots need to get someone new to design the posters. The posters oh, suck posters so much suck. dick, dude. Ass. Oh my god, it's the same fucking thing with different fucking highlighter colors. The Derek Lewis versus Spivak poster was the worst thing I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> I got I to see it. I didn't even see it. We had to repost it twice on our fucking Instagram, and then that means four times because we have two Instagrams. It was fucking horrific. <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, what makes it even better is, guess what? We what? posted it eight times. They made that poster twice. Remember, yeah, this was a card that happened before. <laughs> yeah, I know. We we only had to post it eight times. They had to post that shit probably. Oh, I don't even know. They're, Dude, how much do you think they pay whoever the fuck designed these too? I don't think they pay them. I, I mean, think... given off of the fucking fighter pay, not enough. Yeah. <laughs> They're even, oh, my uh, God. We pay you for that shit that you should. They shouldn't be. That's horrific. They probably yeah. have fucking the doctor in the back fucking whipping them up. Yeah, if I have to see a fucking, fucking checking eyes out, dude. I if like I have to see a fucking co-main and then the main four fighters, like Max said, in either green, yellow, or orange, one more fucking time, I'm gonna scream. Yeah, it seems like they had Calvin Cater after his fight with Max Holloway design these posters, dude. Just fucking <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, Max, you got all our picks down. Boys, I've got all our picks down. What's up, Jeff? Boys, are you guys ready for the prime hydration corner? Oh, jeez, I fucking forgot about <laughs> I that. I forgot about That's that. That's gonna fuck up Bruce's flow so oh, much, boy. man. Yeah, do we wait? Is, we should make a bet on if he fucks it up. Like, are are dude, they gonna be there? 
No, cry. Oh, no, they're fighting Tommy Fury. One of them. Yeah, is. but are they going to be at the event this weekend? I would anticipate, right? Uh, what? I, I, was, <laughs> I thought y'all were talking about Bruce. I was like, of course he's going to be there. What are no, you guys talking about? Because they, the they can throw a huge distraction in, too. Podcast. Yeah, we're not saying our name in there. Fucking... Well, we have to, dude. Fucking dude, you imagine if Jake Paul and Nate Diaz fight backstage or something? <laughs> That'd be fucking oh, awesome. That would be so <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um. All right, let's run through the picks real quick and then wrap it up. Mikey, honestly, I think we we literally had Mikey and I have the exact same pick, so I'm just gonna do it two for one. Loma, Don Shanus. Also, after saying his name so many times, Don Shanus is a fucking great name. Um. It's like the most Irish Boston name of all time. Oh, it's awesome. He's he's probably a cop in his past life. It's fucking um, boondock saint. Yeah, dude. Jamie Malarkey, Tyson Pedro, Alonzo Menafield, Parker Porter, uh, Jack Della Madalena, Yair, Yair Rodriguez, and Volk. Um, Mikey's night cool fight of the night is uh, Tyson Pedro versus Bukaskis. And then um, my prelim pick of the night is Jamie Malarkey versus Francisco Pardo. Uh Jeff is Loma, Don Shanis, Jamie Malarkey, Tyson Pedro, Alonzo Menafield, Justin Taffa, Jack Della Madalena, Yair, Rodri- Yair Rodriguez, and Volk. And then um, the Hammy Sosa lock of the night is Tyson Pedro by KO. So thank you all for listening. That has been the preview of UFC 284. Stay tuned for our review episode. Stay tuned for our future interview with Parker Porter and... We have something in the works potentially for the next uh, pay-per-view, so stay tuned for that as well. We always cover every fight night, every every week, and also every pay-per-view. And, um, yeah, we do about a little bit of everything. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back very soon. Boop.